0: Welcome to the That Don't Fit podcast, a podcast where we're dedicated to talking about life and life's real issues that cross racial and generational lines. My name is Jared Torrance, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy Farmer. We're friends, we're pastors, we're wanting to help people talk and process life in a crazy world. Welcome to the conversation. Welcome back uh, to another episode of That Don't Fit. We are here with Tim Shorey, and uh, today we're going to get into a conversation about multi-ethnic churches, because uh, Tim has recently in the past four years, five? Five. five years, planted a multi-ethnic church on accident, kind of. Uh, that was not his entire plan moving in to do that, and it was something the Lord uh, created. And so we're going to spend time talking about what that looks like. We're going to talk about his pastoral team and, and pastoring in a truly multi-ethnic context.
1: So I don't know how, how much you go into this, on this, but it just—it's a question I deal with a lot in my own mind these days: is how do I talk to somebody about something that I think I think is right, it's accurate. I this is what this is my just my opinion, and talk to them about my opinion without trying to convince them that my opinion should be their opinion. How, what kind of conversation is that? Because hmm. it's almost like, okay, if we've got different opinions, my job is to either defend what I'm saying or uh, or try to con- convince you to right. consider it. What's the goal?
2: Well, as you put it right there at the end, what's the goal? Yeah. The goal, I see from Romans 14, is not to convince. Yeah. The goal is righteousness, peace and joy mm-hmm. in the Holy Spirit. The the goal is to entrust each person to the Lord and not not try to have the last word yeah. because he's going to. Now the, the challenge is that when you're talking about differences of opinion, there are there are some opinions, perspectives that are absolute, that are yeah. that you know, are core to our faith. Mm-hmm. God has mm-hmm. revealed them, and and we are not to somehow or other treat them as if they're debatable opinions. Wow. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, they're, you know, what God has stated clearly is to be believed mm-hmm. completely. But our knowledge of those truths yeah. is never perfect. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. And so our opinions about those truths uh, or about... Yeah. Name it.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, our opinions need to be held with a tremendous amount of humility, and I have yeah. a chapter in the book: "Assume you're wrong."
0: right. Yeah. right.
2: And uh, it gets a lot of I pushback. Like that chapter. <laughs> you do <laughs> sorry, or no? don't. You didn't like, didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is. The, it's a chapter. <laughs> I assume I, I'm wrong. But it, I uh, uh, like it. <laughs> it is the chapter that has, it's had. I think the most interesting feedback since yeah. I wrote it. Um, and i did I did just uh, do an excerpt from the book for a, a gospel coalition mm-hmm. article, and uh at least for my puny little contributions to the gospel coalition mm-hmm. this one this one went yeah you know, uh, there were there were a ton of likes for That's this right. one uh, because I think it just touched on something yeah. that uh, people maybe haven't it's counterintuitive, sure yeah but I mean it. In the strictly literal sense, mm-hmm. um, the scriptures teach us, you know, that the fool is wise in his own eyes. Yeah. Uh, Paul says, "If if you think you know anything, you don't know anything right. yet." You know, First Corinthians nine. Um, uh, there, you know, we know in part. That's just part of being human. is Is to know only know in part, which which means that uh, we are. Probably partly right and partly wrong, uh, and uh, if not wrong in the opinion, then maybe wrong in our attitude, or wrong in our choice of words, or wrong in our timing, or uh, wrong in our delivery in one way hmm. or another. But you can assume you're going to get something wrong in that yeah. conversation. So as you're as you're wondering or wondering, you know, do I do I try to convince this person or not? I think that posture of humility that Mm -hmm. says, okay, I want this to be not just a teaching, I'm going to convince them moment, but I want it to be a learning, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from them moment as well. And again, just consciously cultivating that mindset. And there there are differences of opinion that are significant, that are important, and are worth uh, trying to reason with others, you know, mm-hmm. come now, let us reason together. Yeah. The Lord says to us, we can, you know, James says uh, the wisdom from above is reasonable, which, which means that it's, it assumes it's, it's teachable. Mm-hmm. So it assumes it can learn, but it also reasons. Yeah. And uh, so I think there's a time for civil. And, you know, if we get all of the, the principles of scripture in place, grounded in respect the image of god who is this person you're trying to convince and uh, are you recognizing their worth and value and how you interact with them Uh, with those things in place there certainly is a time to have conversations where you have disagreements and and you talk about those things and you try to learn and you try to grow and where it's fitting you say well have you thought about this or yeah. uh, you know uh, so but again for me you, we've all seen it, it and our culture is just rife with it um you know there isn't any respect in the dialogue I mean mm-hmm. that's an overstatement uh, but there isn't much respect yeah. Yeah. in our debate nowadays it's just so vitriolic and it's so mm-hmm. um un- uncivil if that's a word mm-hmm. And so, persuasion often nowadays feels more like ranting right. and yeah, raging, yeah. Um, which isn't very persuasive. No, not no. at all. Yeah. At all.
0: Yeah. I have a question. Um. So earlier when you were talking about it was when Andy brought up the disagreement is not a bad thing, and you know you brought up Romans fourteen, and when you just kind of like the goal is is continuing on in righteousness and things like that. When do you? How do you discern when it's when you're done trying to have the conversations with this person, grow in love towards one another and those different kind of things? And it's just the person is just not like receptive to it. Because there's the whole, you know, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. But there can come a point when when you're you're seeing this person is immovable and, it, and it, it could not even on like a particular issue or something, but this person is immovable as in the way they're conducting themselves is not loving right. um, what do I what do I do would I like because it feels like giving up on Ephesians 4 if I'm obeying Romans 14 in the disagreement
2: that is a tough question
0: I mean yes, it, 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 it's um, <laughs> it it
2: reminds me of, you know, the, the command, don't let the sun go down on your path. Right, wrath, right. Um, Which I take to mean initiate peace to the best of your ability yeah. uh, before bedtime, you know, kind of putting <laughs> it simply. Um, but part of, you know, often in that, uh, we'll find that, well... We can't really get to full peace before bedtime. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have to come back to this tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I do think that there is a way to posture yourself and position that conversation so that there is peace,
0: mm-hmm.
2: even if not agreement. Mm-hmm. Um, where you're able to affirm your love for that other person, yeah. your yeah. your your heart for that other person. Uh, you're able to say, hey, let's come back to this some other time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think there's a way in a moment like that to just communicate, hey, I love you, man. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we're for each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I was just thinking today about a situation I had back in Jersey years ago where uh, I, I got called into a kind of a domestic um, just an angry situation, mm-hmm. and and uh, had to kind of get into the face of a, a guy there, and just you know, kind of, calm down, <laughs> just calm down, <laughs> and uh, and you know there are situations where I with him where I had yeah, on a number of occasions had to interact with him, and and we'd had to you know just just I'd really had to be tough yeah. with him. Uh, And he had gotten angry with me and honestly, I'd gotten angry with him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember one time when I was with him where I I said, brother, you know what? We're mad at each other but I know for sure that we would give each other the shirt off our back. Mm -hmm. I know Mm -hmm. that as brothers in the Lord we would be there in a heartbeat if the other was in crisis. Mm -hmm. And he agreed. And I wonder if there are moments like that when the, when the mm-hmm. conversation seems to be going nowhere yeah. where just to affirm, mm-hmm. look, we are for each other, even though it doesn't feel like it
0: yeah.
2: right now. And we're going to stay for That's each good. other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not giving up, um, but we may take a pause in, in, <laughs> in, in this conversation. That's good. That's good. And, uh,
0: I want to circle back to... Um, Young, young Tim Shorey. Um seeing where you are now, you said you started your writing ministry later in life when you had kind of more of an empty home, um which I think there's a lot of wisdom in that as well. Um just kind of absorbing, absorbing, absorbing before getting information out there. But uh do you, looking back, did you see God's hand tracing this outcome for you to be kind of the lead pastor of a very diverse like a truly multi-ethnic church or is this like just kind of came out of left field and you're like i had no idea and nor does it make sense when i look back yeah
2: my heart started engaging with the race issue back in the mid to late 90s okay um uh it was a combination interestingly of a promise keepers event okay. <laughs> Uh, Tony Evans was at that event. And it was, you know, they, they, there was a strong emphasis on hmm. racial reconciliation. Hmm. That, just, that just provoked me to do some reading. Hmm. Um, and I, I came across a book called The Last Pew on the Left written by Robert Cameron, who's now gone on to be with the Lord. Uh, but it was a book, you know, an African-American brother who was writing about his experience as a child and where they were forced to sit mm. every Sunday. Yeah. And, um, and the book is a pretty scathing rebuke of both the white and the black church for the, you know, the segregation that goes on, on, on Sundays. And I got done with the book and it just kind of rocked my world. So I tracked Robert down, <laughs> called, called him up and said, man, we have to be friends. I need, I need mm-hmm. to talk to you. Yeah. And, uh, we became friends. He ended up, he was from North Jersey. I preached in his church, he preached wow. in my church and and just through engagement with him, just conversations with him, I began I began to um, feel some of my assumptions begin to, to weaken and my, mm-hmm. my um, uh, well, they were prejudices yeah. begin to weaken and and the realization of wait a minute, the, there are there are there's there's a story behind all of this. Mm-hmm. There there are narratives mm-hmm. behind all of this that I need to make sure I understand before I judge. And mm-hmm. and that began for me just a a, a slow growth in mm-hmm. pursuing friendships and connections um, that um, you know I was I was ministering in a almost entirely white, yeah. pretty affluent suburb in Jersey. And so to really pursue it in earnest was um, pretty hard yeah. to do in that context. So when we came here and, and the guys at Covenant asked if I'd be interested in helping to lead the, the new plant, um, mm. there was there was joy in that. Mm-hmm. And, but there was also an awareness this could lead. Yeah to that uh diversity that Mm -hmm. uh, i i believe should be expressed in the church and um and by god's grace it did and uh so i i think the lord began to make me ready for this probably 20 22 23 years ago in some ways i trace it all the way back to childhood my parents were missionaries in japan and uh that meant 10 out of my first 12 years of life were in a cross-cultural yeah. context and gave me a bigger vision of the world. Now, mm-hmm. um, well, ironically, I was in Japan during the whole civil rights era oh, wow. and only a <clears throat> only a elementary a, a school age kid, so I was oblivious to all that was going on wow. here and just wasn't anywhere near it and, yeah. and uh, had no real connection to it. Um, wow. And then lived in an almost, almost entirely white context for up until five years ago. Well, we've been here 10 years now. Yeah, wow. uh, so up until 10 years ago, lived in an almost entirely white wow. context. Um, now I'm surrounded wonderfully <laughs> by, by diversity. So it feels, to your question, it feels as if the Lord has used a number of mm-hmm. different Experiences and circumstances to awaken me to some yeah. of these things um, to um, make me conscious yeah. and attentive and and you know what I do now and I guess uh, which which chapter of the book would this be I don't know I guess I <laughs> understand what you hear um, you know so much time that I've spent in these last five years just sitting and listening, yeah I mean just just. Tell me your life experience here in America, mm-hmm. and then sit for two hours and just listen mm-hmm. as a brother or sister tells me their story. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's every every week of my life where I'm engaged in those kinds of conversations. Now, mm-hmm. they're hard conversations, yeah. but they're enriching mm-hmm. at the same time.
0: So I don't know if that answers no, it fully does. your question. That's great. But not,
2: but, uh, yeah.
0: What was that brother's name that wrote that book?
2: Robert Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N. He was a a PCA pastor. Dear brother, Uh, (laughs) I'll tell this story. Uh, I had him come and preach in our church and our church was almost entirely white. And he came and delivered a powerful word. And and, uh, then I preached in his church and he was very gracious at the end. He said, Oh, by the way, how long do you think you preached? I said uh, 45 minutes. No, hour and 20 minutes. <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> and, uh,
2: <laughs> he, he said, That happens to every white guy that comes here. <laughs> it was such a moment and I I thought about it I said you know what yeah the encouragement the the engagement engagement, is such that it just gives you a sense of freedom Uh, and I was oblivious to it but uh, it was a great great that's wonderful (laughs) Robert's home with the Lord Mm. yeah good brother
1: so you also uh, you have a (laughs) You have a multi-ethnic pastoral team, oh, that's right. um, but you know by providence—not by design, but by providence mm-hmm. as well. Um, it wasn't yeah. like you're out. Okay, we need to, you know, it's where God built it that way. Yeah. Um, so,
2: so what's that like? Yeah, it's um, it's been a joy. Uh, yeah, you say providence. When when we first started Risen Hope and and we began to see the Lord create this diversity, we had an immediate sense that this diversity needs to be reflected in our leadership. That this is just wisdom and it's love and it's needed because that kind of diversity leaves room for all different kinds of of misunderstandings. And, and, oh, I just don't, I never saw it that way before. I never heard it that way before. That's not what I meant, you know. Uh, And the more diversity you have in leadership, the more you can vet and and just kind of help each other see uh, what's what's a better way to approach this or to communicate mm. that and so it's a it's a need yeah it's a need for a congregation that is diverse um
1: so for those who don't know the church you you you
2: operating the white
1: zone um then, you, <laughs> then you've got you alex chen he's chinese yeah, yeah. And Red Butler, who's African American. Yeah. So those are your three elders.
2: Yeah, we have Chinese American, African American, and an old white guy. <laughs> yeah. um,
1: doing a fine job representing the white. So. <laughs> uh, am I doing that yeah. uh,
2: The I mean, early on, recognizing that need, we did two things. One was pray. We mm-hmm. said, Lord, please mm-hmm. just just bring to us yeah. uh, competent, qualified men yeah. to help lead the mm-hmm. church. And uh Rick Butler, the African-American brother, showed up within, I think, two, three weeks of when we started. Yeah. That's awesome. And it wasn't long before we were recognizing him. He had ministry experience. He wasn't looking for a job. He, he wasn't looking for a, for a job. He was looking yeah. for a church. He had ministry experience, mm-hmm. Uh you know. Master two masters, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at my team and I'm i, I, mm. I, am, I am the yeah. middle east. Edge.
0: I get this curious <laughs> little yeah, bachelor's yeah. of yeah, arts. Don't put that on the website. No, it doesn't yeah. impress anybody. Put years of ministry. Yeah, yeah, that's where you're yeah focus Alex
2: on. has got his master's from Westminster, and Rick's got two masters from yeah. Trinity Evangelical Divinity oh, wow. School, and Karen, and and, on, yeah. and then there's me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but we just we just said lord please give us good qualified men mm-hmm. and uh and the lord led Rick through the door within a couple of weeks um and and we just you know early on just realized as uh, prayerfully and carefully as we could that we needed to initiate um equipping and training for mm-hmm. men and uh we're sure to make that as diverse, mm-hmm. diversified as as was possible. So the Lord has blessed that as well, um, and it's a joy. It re- I mean, it's a. Uh, there are differences of style. There are mm-hmm. differences uh, uh, just of church experience. It's one of the things. Uh, uh, I mean, I had I had a conversation with an African American sister in our church just today. Uh, in which we were we were talking about um prayer in the life of the church mm-hmm. and and she described how in the in the church that she grew up in um, there there was a spirit of prayer mm-hmm. as you walk through the doors
0: mm-hmm.
2: that the first five or ten minutes were not spent yeah you know, greeting everybody the first five or ten minutes, even sometimes before people took their coats off.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: just sat down and prayed. Yeah. And and I realized, wow, um, that's not necessarily a cultural thing mm-hmm. uh, because I, I'm sure there are right. white American churches that, that do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are certain emphases and there are certain ways of doing things that... Um, can just accentuate certain truths and certain yeah. realities and certain values that uh, different cultures do differently, and it's so good to learn from those. And as a team, you know, you just whenever you're engaging in anything that's that might have different ways of approaching it, it really is a it's a joy. Yeah. And, and these guys are are uh, they're sharp, <laughs> sharp, sharp guys.
1: You just had a big move, right? or you just announced a big move. so tell yeah. us about that.
2: Uh, we are uh, purchasing a building in Prospect Park uh, PA, which is about 15 minutes from where we are current we've been currently meeting. We've been yeah. homeless churchwise mm-hmm. for a year. Yeah. It was a year ago, the first it's Sunday of March, yeah. that was the last time we met in person. Uh, we have a rented facility, and they just have not opened up, and they're not mm-hmm. opening anytime soon. We had a three-month stretch of outdoor services in the parking lot, but uh, we have not been able to hear each other sing. Yeah, and even yeah. them,
1: meeting at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, too. Uh,
2: well, those we actually were able to do at 10.30. Okay, uh, but I mean, uh, but prior, prior to prior that, that everything won, was, yeah, four, it was o'clock, 4 o'clock, yeah. which was presenting challenges yeah. as mm-hmm. well. Um,
1: I got you into that deal.
2: Thank you, Andy. (laughs) And then I left. (laughs) But you know, and it, you know, integrity makes me say that you know a move like this is is challenging. Um, The 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 context is different than where we are. Just for folks
1: who aren't familiar, we're talking sort of Eastern Delaware County, Pennsylvania, Um, and it's a it's a it's an area of Small townships and boroughs. So you you might only be fifteen minutes away, but you could be four
2: towns uh, towns are, away. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and and it very can, very feel like, towns, yeah, yeah, can feel, can it can feel like yeah. a long way away. And mm-hmm. culturally can yeah. feel differently. Now in that area there is there's a lot of multicultural life. Um, but it's not as obvious mm-hmm. just walking. It's not, down a, walking it's not there. a
1: commuter location.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and where we are now, Upper Darby, mm-hmm. Drexel Hill yeah. is is one of the more, I think it's a, either the first or the second most ethnically diverse town in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So it's um, there is a difference that way. And yet, and yet we believe that God God is going to move us and, and move us forward, and that what He has begun by way of. Yeah. Uh, pulling people that are very different together, mm-hmm. he, he's not going to stop. Now, yeah. uh, we have to keep intentional. I think it um, it does uh, highlight the need for intentionality. That you know that like I say, there are, there's diversity all around us, um, and we just we just have to be purposeful in uh, seeking a church life that reflects all of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, Lord willing, uh, the first. Sunday of March is when we're hoping to have our wow. first wow um, wow in that would be our first in-person meeting in mm. a year. um Now that's pending mm-hmm. contractors getting some. Can it, I come it, to that? It, it, sure, you can come for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I'm gonna put that down. Man, yeah. March the seventh. I so, so, so. so. get, get my church and come.
1: <laughs> going to make one service. <laughs> uh,
2: so it's uh yeah it's it's a big move and it comes it comes with challenges comes with uh you know some sense of loss because we've had we've, yeah. we've experienced something very sweet and yet at the same time are convinced that uh, the Lord has closed certain doors and yeah. opened other doors and uh, believe that he's going to lead us yeah, lead us somewhere. through that. Yeah. So
1: Man, thank you.
0: Thanks for coming. Thanks thank for with us. <laughs> this is great. Can yeah. I? Yeah. could I actually close with? Yes. Just praying you briefly. Sure that you have to oh. hold this book. Up. I'll hold this oh. as I'm praying. Okay. So, so. I'll hold it up and pray. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Good. That, that feels. That feels. This is, that feels better. That's what I pray for. For Tim and his ministry, mm-hmm. God, we thank you for uh our brother Tim, Lord. uh We just want to just briefly pray um, mm-hmm. for the ministry that you. Yes have him in right now, God. What a gift it is to just hear uh, your heart through him, to hear um, of what he's doing uh, by the power of your spirit, Lord. Would you uh, protect this church through this move? Would you empower this church um, as they step out in faith for this move, Lord? Just continue to Uh, multiply their numbers multiply their love for one another would you let them be a church that lives out uh the things reflected in this book and to be a church that celebrates the gospel of jesus christ and everything that that glorifies you oh god and and to be a church um, that you smile upon as they uh, impact their community with gospel love and gospel truth jesus name we pray amen
1: Amen. Amen. amen